0: Today's podcast is called On The Run. Welcome to the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast, brought to you by Restoring the Foundations International. Our desire is to equip you with biblical truth to empower you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. For more, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. Now, here's your podcast. This is Cindy Whitman with Restoring the Foundations, and our scripture for today is Psalms 37.7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because of Him who prospers in His way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to past. You know, resting and waiting are probably a challenge for most of us. The pressure of our jobs, ministry, family, bills, they're all calling to us. They're vying for our time. It's often a challenge to set aside a time of rest and to wait on him. Maybe you even feel guilty if you're not always busy or strategizing about doing something. Well, today we're going to look at what happens when we get tired, weary, and exhausted. We're going to visit the story of Elijah in 1 Kings 19. A little background. Elijah was a prophet. He was used mightily by God. There are many accounts about Elijah. He prayed that it would not rain for three years, and it didn't. He then prayed that it would rain, and it did. He was fed by ravens. A widow gave him her last meal, and then she had miraculous provision. And in 1 Kings 19, we find that Elijah is having a confrontation with the people that believed in the power of Baal. They believed in the power of Baal and not of our God. Needless to say, at the end of the showdown on Mount Carmel, the evidence was clear. Baal didn't show up, but God did. To prove a point, Elijah had made the test even more difficult for God to win. Well, check out all the details in 1 Kings 18. So Elijah had this intense and victorious time at the showdown on Mount Carmel. He had proved that our God was powerful and that Baal was powerless. And after the victory at Mount Carmel, he killed 450 false prophets with God's help. I would say that was a really good day, and he should have been celebrating. However, Jezebel was threatening to kill him. In fact, she has vowed that she would kill him. So in his state of exhaustion, he freaked out and he ran. Now, Elijah wasn't your average guy. This was the guy that had won this massive contest, had killed all these false prophets, and now he's running for his life. He forgot that his God had been with him at Mount Carmel. God had been with him to kill the prophets, but somehow he lost his perspective and he gave up. He began to believe a lie. The lie he believed was something like, well, it'd be better if I just gave up and died. He was so hopeless that the scripture says, and he prayed that he might die, and said, is enough. Now, Lord, take my life. He actually had thoughts of God wanting to take his life. Have you ever been like Elijah? Have you ever pondered that it might be better if you just died? It's not uncommon when we get exhausted and then we face a fear attack that we don't think clearly. Most of us reach a point of saying, I just can't do this anymore. I give up. A few years ago, I was at that point of giving up. It felt like there were pressure and challenge on every side. It felt like nothing was going well and everything was difficult. I sat on my back porch, pouring out my heart to God about it, telling him how I felt about all of it. I reminded him that we'd left our home and our children and our grandchildren when we said yes to him. I remember asking him, why would he ask us to make such difficult decisions? Why us? I also remember writing a letter of resignation, and then I heard the quiet voice of God whisper to me, did I tell you to write that letter? Hmm, I had to answer no. He told me that he had asked us to do the hard things because he knew that we would do them. I guess that was sort of a compliment. He also told me that he wasn't finished with us yet. So, of course, I relented, and I never submitted that letter of resignation. It's not unlike where Elijah found himself. He was in the midst of exhaustion, and he let discouragement, hopelessness, and belief creep in. Instead of remembering about the victory that he had just won, he was listening to the accusations and the threats of Jezebel. He was believing the lies of the enemy. Now, God's response to Elijah is just amazing. You know, Many people would assume that God would punish Elijah or at least correct him, but God didn't do that. While Elijah was sitting under the broom tree, God gave him rest, and then he miraculously provided for his physical needs of food. Sometimes the thing that we need most to be able to get back our perspective is rest. There's a reason God wants us to take a Sabbath each week. Time apart from the busyness of life is so important. Getting refreshed physically and spiritually is vital to our well-being. There's a quote by Charles Spurgeon that says, The spirit needs to be fed, and the body needs feeding also. Do not forget these things matter. It may seem to people that I ought not to mention such small things as food and rest, but these may be the very first elements in really helping a poor, depressed servant of God. So we see after Elijah rested, God told him to go to Mount Horeb. It was to take him 40 days for him to reach his destination. Interestingly, there was a direct route that would have been much shorter than that. Often it seems that our path of obedience takes us in an indirect route. We find that God is at work in us and in our circumstances during our journey. So when Elijah arrived at his destination, he found another place to rest. But God asked him a question. He said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Now, I find it interesting to me that when God asks a question like this, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. Elijah continued to pour out his complaint to God. He reminded God that he had been faithful and he had served him, and yet his life was at risk by the threats of Jezebel. Elijah told God that he thought it was unfair. He complained to God that he was all alone. This really wasn't accurate, but it's how Elijah felt. Wow, I've had those same thoughts and feelings. Have you ever thought about giving up or you've considered ending your life? Have you asked God why you're experiencing hardship even though you've been faithful to him? Woven in those questions is really judgments that we have against God. The judgments are something like, well, God, you should have done something about this difficulty I'm facing, or God, how could you let something like this happen? You know, God is not surprised by our thoughts and feelings. If you're in a place of struggle today, there's hope for you. Listen to how God responds to Elijah. The next part of the story is just amazing. Elijah has an encounter with God that's new and different. In previous encounters with God, God had spoken through an impressive demonstration of power. This encounter was very personal. God spoke to Elijah in a still, small voice. Oftentimes, we may be looking for God to speak in loud ways, like an earthquake, of fire, but instead, he is speaking quietly. It was after this encounter that God gave Elijah his next instructions. God wasn't finished with Elijah. Elijah's questions, his depression, his running from the enemy didn't disqualify him, and they don't disqualify you either. So let's ponder for just a minute about Elijah, this mighty prophet of God. You could say that he was the top tier of spiritual authorities of the day. He had experienced God move powerfully at Mount Carmel and in other circumstances in his life. However, he wasn't immune to frustration, depression, and losing hope. This says to us that no matter how powerfully we've experienced God move in our lives, that we can lose our hope and embrace discouragement, depression, and even have thoughts of death. So according to Spurgeon, it says, Then the Lord did perhaps what was best of all for Elijah. He gave him some more work to do. He sent him off about his master's business again. And I warrant you that when Elijah went back over that road, it was with a very different step from that which had brought him to Beersheba. He had come along terrified and distressed, but now he goes back with the majesty that belongs to the Tishbite. He is not afraid of Jezebel now. So when God gave him his next assignment, it was like God was saying, Elijah, your work isn't finished. I still need you. And it changed Elijah's focus and perspective. So what can we learn from Elijah in this story? Well, I think that we can learn that after a spiritual victory, we may face challenges from our enemy. You see, our enemy Satan doesn't play fair, and he has no mercy. He doesn't care if you're tired or weary. In fact, that's probably the most likely time that he's going to attack. The second thing is that we're human, and we physically get worn down. When we're worn out, weary, and exhausted, we don't handle life very well. We lose our hope, and we let circumstances look bigger than our God. Everything becomes magnified through our lens of hopelessness. The third thing, God knows that we're human and we need rest. Resting and getting refreshed renews our perspective. We can identify the lies that we believe, and we can get His perspective of truth. The fourth thing is that God isn't surprised by our feelings, and He doesn't berate us for having them. He supernaturally feeds us when we take time to rest. Our scripture for today is rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. We have to choose to rest and wait on the Lord. The fifth thing, we may be looking for an obvious or an impressive manifestation of power when God is speaking in a quiet voice that is meant just for us. And lastly, when we fail, when we question God, when we get depressed and we lose our hope, God is right there to provide for us what we need and then to give us our next instructions that he had for us. We're not disqualified. Will you join me in prayer today? Father God, thank you for the picture that you give us about the story of Elijah. We all have faced times that we just want to give up. We thank you that in our weariness, when we lose hope, you are right there bringing supernatural refreshing as we take time to rest. Thank you for acknowledging how important rest is for us. Father God, I choose today to give you my discouragement, my disappointment, the despair and the depression that I'm feeling today. I ask you to forgive me for letting go of hope and embracing hopelessness. Would you come and refresh me and heal my heart in every way that's needed? Would you show me any place that I am believing lies? Thank you, Lord, that you don't give up on me, you don't reject me, you don't even chastise me. Instead, you are right there with me, waiting to give me my next assignment and to breathe fresh hope into my life. And our declaration today is that I declare that I will rest and wait patiently for Him. You know, we all need help at times. And if you find that you're not able to get to the root of your hopelessness, your disappointment, and your discouragement, please reach out to our ministry coordinator at restoringthefoundations.org. Our highly trained ministry teams will help you get to the roots. Don't settle for less than complete healing and freedom. Thank you for joining us on the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast today. We pray you are blessed and equipped with biblical truth, empowering you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. To learn more about the ministry of Restoring the Foundations International, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.